Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Being at Work. Oh my goodness, I love these kinds of episodes that end up defining themselves. I had not expected to talk about approaching your role with playfulness today, but that's exactly where the conversation took us. Today's guest says that she's gotten to a place in her career where she can just play. Estrella Parker is the Chief People Officer at Cupertino Electric, but what you really need to know about Estrella is how she approaches her role with a sense of playfulness and discovery, and she's having great impact in the process, as you'll hear in her stories. Listen in as we talk about a career as a series of pivotal moments and how she isn't stressed anymore. As Estrella says, when you're grounded in worthy values, you cannot go wrong. Check it out. You asked me a very interesting question when we were doing some prep work for this about a pivotal moment in my career. And it really made me think about my career as being a series of pivotal moments. And if there's one thing that actually defines it is my being present to those moments. Because it happens to us all the time. And if we miss out, it also can make or break kind of where your career goes. But one thing I can think about and why I am in this role and realize that I really, really love this position is so this is my second time as a chief people officer. I was the chief people officer for the first time in my my last organization. And before that, I had a career really started in a very technical field. I was an IT professional at a time when it was just uh, beginning as uh, an industry. And what I realized about myself is that, first of all, my upbringing really emphasized maturing your intellectual capabilities. And so that's where I practiced. And that's where a lot of my skills were honed. But I also came from culture. I'm an immigrant and I grew up in the Philippines and then came to the U.S. for business school. But so I grew up in a culture where people and relationships are really front and center. And yet I didn't really invest too much in my own education around that, but it has certainly shaped me. And and been a core of my values. So when this first opportunity came to be the chief people officer, I know a lot of what I've accomplished in my careers. My career was based on my technical capabilities, my quantitative intellectual capacity. And that is what I brought to the table. And there was this moment I had with my boss in, at Satellite Healthcare, and I did ask his permission if I could talk about him in this podcast. And he said, <laughs> It's always a smart thing to do. Yes. Rick told me, uh, gave me the, the first time he had to coach me for adjustment, so to speak, and other than just appreciation and encouragement was, he said, you know, you are you are so intelligent and so smart. Everybody knows that. But what I need you to do in this job is to lead with your heart and be grounded by a sound mind. And I literally took that to heart. 
because I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was when, when I reflect with him, he says it wasn't like a big deal. It was just a little nudge coaching, <laughs> but I felt like it was a big deal. And I, it was one of those moments. You hadn't been doing that leading up to that? I did not. I think it wasn't, it wasn't how I thought about it. It wasn't how I thought about what I was doing. You were thinking about your tech, your technical skills. You were leading with your skills and abilities. Like, uh, what's the strategy to get, you know, our engagement scores up? What's the strategy to get people attracted to the organization? Like very, you know, cerebral approach. And I think when he said that, it sort of just landed as something important to me to reflect on. And so I wrote it down and I put it right in front of me where I can see it every day. Well, especially having grown up in a culture, you said that was based on people and relationships where they're front and center. I mean, there had to be like some things about that that were natural for you. So was it that in business school and early in your career, you, you saw more of a focus on technical? Like what, what had happened to drive more of a cerebral approach? Yes, I think everything was just reinforced in my career as that's what you had to focus on to be successful. And it's true, you know, you do get results doing that. But what was important about this, and I think it also came to a head for me in terms of a personal maturity, is that those two sides are important. When you integrate the left brain and the right brain, the hearts and the minds and the spirit, it's a high synergy in terms of engaging in, in true impact. You think about even in this moments that we're in, how it really have brought to light, how we as a society have forgotten those sides of us, like the humans that we are in and what, what it takes to, you know, build the country that we're in, build the, you know, institutions that we have, the products that we have, the services that we have. It's human beings behind that. We're fragile. Right. And going through a collective crisis, I mean, we've we've been forced to focus on the struggle. And so the heart piece is really coming to the forefront. Exactly. And that was really absolutely tested this few, you know, now I could say few years, it's almost two years, right? And so this role that CPOs have became front and center with the issues that we just had. Aside from my realizing, especially in the business I was in, in healthcare and now in construction, you know, we are service organizations. So our product is our people. And both organizations have strong brands and strong cultures. And so it's such a rich playing field for me because I get just both sides of me. Because it was really when I did do that and take that to heart and, and really in making decisions, in designing programs and communicating with people, I made sure I was touching on both, both from within me and, you know, as I engaged the teams and others in, in the work that we do. Yeah, that's so good. And I, I love your use of the word integration, you know, and, and it really goes to Rick's advice, you know, leading with your heart, but being grounded with a sound mind. I think, yeah, that is the key that I hear in your story is the integration of those two. So g give me an example. What does it look like to integrate heart and mind? 
I'm thinking about again, and, and we can't help it, right? We were, we were all so marked by what just happened with with COVID. So when we had to think about how we were going to back in my healthcare organization, when we were going to ask people to get in front of our patients that had COVID, clearly people were afraid. Right. At that time, we didn't know a lot about about the uh, the virus. And most of when we looked at what the competitors were doing, our peers, they were, you know, giving the money to do this. Right. Or using the stick and saying, you must, it's your job or we'll fire you. Right. Our approach was different. We and I say we because it's my responsibility to help create the space for the to, to come to the right decision around this. And so we had a discussion about this, the chief medical officer, the COO, the CEO, and myself, and how, how we were going to deal with this. And we knew that the culture in our organization was strong around caring, a deep caring about our patients as human beings. And we actually put that first. We had a policy. We put together a policy on how we were going to do it in such a way that we could keep everybody absolutely as safe as possible, how we could contain treatment rooms, et cetera, to do, to do that. But at the same time, we actually asked people to volunteer. And the first one to volunteer was actually one of our managers because we found we were having a hard time doing that. We were having a hard time getting people to volunteer. And one of the people who volunteered was actually one of our managers. And when he told us about why, we just sort of amplified that. We, we basically like talked about it. We shared it with others. He wrote a letter to you know the community and we published that. And he just reminded them of the oath that they took as nurses and et cetera. So that's when the heart and the spirit of the organization and it became actually also a pivotal moment for us. It encouraged others to do it. And, and then we put everyone in the front line as the front and center of who we were taking care of. Absolutely. I mean, the impact that that had on them was huge, no doubt. Right. So that was like, to me, that was an integration of the heart. We used our mind to make sure we had good processes. We ensured their safety. We we had the right protocols, et cetera. We had the right pay system for it. But at the same time, we approached it in a way that captured their hearts and brought them back to you know the meaning that we all put in what we do as an organization. So that would be that would kind of be an example. Yeah, I see that in your story and. It's a good, it's well done, Rick, for sharing that feedback with you way back when, because it's definitely had an impact on you today. And I I can see, you know, it's just the time that I've gotten to spend with you, Australia. I so clearly see the integration of the heart and mind and particularly the heart. I mean, you, you care so much about your work. You love your job. Just listening to the way you've talked about it. And you told me in a conversation recently that you've gotten to a place in your career where you can play. 
And I, I loved those words. I'd love for you to tell, tell us more about that. What do you mean by that? That you've gotten to a place where you can play and how did you get there? Because I want to play. I don't know. You know, I just got a call from a friend who I just had a birthday two days ago. And it wasn't a milestone birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. But it makes me think about nearing a milestone. <laughs> and, you know, he was very complimentary, actually. He said, well, you look really great for your age. And blah, blah, blah. And, and said, well, you know, it's because I'm not stressed anymore. <laughs> and then we were reflecting a little bit on our careers. We were classmates in business school. And he said, you know, it's really nice to be wise right now. All those things that we were worrying about, we kind of wonder now, why were we so worried about that? Like, why were we stressing about that? And so my answer is really like, it's perspective. My heart is, my, my job is probably harder for like most people to think about. Like, and it is, it is hard. Yeah. Well, the story you just told, I mean, that was hard. Exactly. Exactly. But playfulness is a quality where you are truly engaging in the moment, right? In life, being curious, being curious about the problem, being curious about ideas that might come up because you are engaging in the problem. So I feel like as long as I am grounded in worthy values, I can't go wrong, right? So I'm just because even if I make a mistake, if the reason for my getting to that point where I made a mistake were the right reasons, I'll still be right. There's so much in what you just said that I'd love to unpack. I heard a, I heard a stat recently that 92% of the things we worry about are things that we can't do anything about. Wow. That's high. And that's true. And in this today's environment where we have so a crisis also of mental health, it's important for us to exercise our choice. You know, mind shifting is it's a great pill. Changing our mindset about things, it, it's so healing. And recognizing that your thoughts and your mindset are not helpful at times. There's so much victim mentality. And what I see also as a shift is people taking more responsibility for their thoughts and recognizing that oh, you know, a lot of this I'm creating based on how I'm thinking about life and approaching life. Absolutely. That is true. Well, and you said, I, I like it. It really connects back to what you started with because you said playfulness is engaging in the moment. And right away when we started the show, you talked about being present to the moment and how important that has been throughout your career as you reflect on your pivotal moments, like being in them and really experiencing them. So it's interesting because I hadn't thought of playfulness in that way, but I think about when I'm playing, I mean, yeah, I'm really tuned in and paying attention. Yes, absolutely. I mean, play to me is not about just fun, right? Like just fun the way most of us think about fun. <laughs> and to me, fun is really when you feel fully alive. So when you're present in the moment, when you're playing, you're engaging all your senses. So, so that's, that's kind of how I think about it. So when I say play, uh, you know, being a CPO is so wonderful because you could just go into so many different avenues and uh, kinds of things that you work on can result in, you know, shifts. And you naturally find the opportunities 
You know, what I, what I love about your attitude is there, there is so much right now about how hard HR is and the mandates and how awful. And it's like, well, I mean, I've always been a glass half full kind of gal and it has served me well. And in these challenging times, I mean, I always see the opportunity and I think focusing Focusing your work on like being curious and being open and play as you're describing it naturally allows us to see the opportunities more so. I agree with you. Some things are really hard to deal with. So as an example, diversity, equity, and inclusion, these are really difficult. And we're in that moment in time now in our society where you know, there's a confluence of a lot of things, right? And that is typically in in an organization that is part of my responsibility. And if I don't approach it with kind of that sense of playfulness and discovery, I could just be weighted down by kind of the magnitude and the difficulty of that task. But if we this and we approach it with what can we find and what can we discover and how can we create meaning about this very difficult, seemingly difficult task, then we create movement. And once you start with a movement, you know, you, you're not stagnant. <laughs> it's been difficult because we've just stayed stagnant in certain So what are the ingredients to approaching your role with playfulness and discovery. Like, what does that look like? What are some of the things you do to live that out? Well, it starts with that understanding of, like, starting from that place of curiosity and discovery, right? If you're playing, you're kind of always scanning and saying, well, what's the game here? Like, <laughs> you know, what, 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 is, what is this about? What's happening? And so if you have that kind of mindset, then you can really like fully understand how much you can be involved in something rather than just taking taking something at face value. If you play for you, kind of like, okay, there's something else. It sounds like the difference between reacting and responding. Just this morning, we have a we have a really critical client engagement next week that one of my team members is working on and I'm strategically overseeing the account and coming alongside him and the client reached out this morning that something hadn't happened. And my immediate reaction was like, oh no. And I like was really quick to react and get on him for not doing it. Well, and as it turns out, they had not sent him the meeting notice. So it wasn't his fault at all. So had I gotten curious about that, <laughs> I was being led by my fear of disappointing that client rather than being, being open and curious. Exactly. And then, yes, and it changes the nature of how then you respond and interact and the game continues, the playfulness continues. So what else? So start from a place of curiosity and then what? And then if, remember, play, when you're playing, you're sort of like uh, creating. I mean, most, most of the time when you're in that mode of playing, you're creating something. So it's also then, so you have that attitude of curiosity, and then you're also discovering and creating ways to address whatever the game is that you're playing. And for me, that sense of playfulness allows me to go beyond, you know, what is defined 
in my role. Honestly, mm-hmm. that's when the most the most effective I've been as well. In what way? Because you play with others. So when you do play with others, it's like, then you start getting curious about, well, how are we, you know, how is my role involved with your role and how will my work impact your work? And then you come up with better, with better solutions. Sounds very experimental too. And just the willingness to take risks and try things. When things are hard, yeah, if you don't kind of approach it with, let, well, let me just play with this and see what I come up with. Yeah, even using that language definitely sets the tone, doesn't it? Let's pl- just play with this. Well, with a sense of seriousness, of course, because these are, I mean, you know, this is an important job and it's an important role, but it's all about, you know, and I know we're talking about playfulness, but an important part, which is kind of what we started from, the integration of things, it's about balance. So maybe I chose to be playful because I need to balance the seriousness of my response. Well, and and play is a great example of integration of heart and head, isn't it? I mean, I think about, um, I played tennis growing up and my best tennis games, I was in the zone. I was in the flow. I was very purposeful and thoughtful about what I was doing, but I also just allowed myself to have fun and engage and go for it. Exactly. It's almost like when you've thought about things and you have a plan and you're just going to execute. So now let's just play with a plan. Let's just go for it and do it and be in that flow as you talked about. Yeah. Approaching your role with playfulness. Well, and at the end of the day, like we, we take ourselves so seriously, which gets in our way. I know I do that a lot. And just, just like my reaction to the client this morning, You know, had I just taken a few seconds to take a deep breath, like know that there's a solution, it's okay. But instead I reacted like that's, I'm I'm really working on responding versus reacting. So I I love this showing up with an attitude of playfulness. I'm taking that from this podcast as well, how to respond and not react. Well, and your playfulness advice is such, such helpful. Yeah. And it starts with curiosity. And then approaching it as a creative process, creating, discovering, and then you can go beyond what was defined. I mean, the possibilities, too, that's the fun thing about play, right, is the possibilities of what you can create and what you can do are endless. And that's why we think of play as fun, right? Because, you know, the, the unexpected surprises you. The unexpected surprises you. Well, and doesn't that keep you on a roll? Because that's that's momentum and that's motivating, right? And then and then you're also building confidence in yourself that whatever comes up, whatever happens, I can go with it. So what do you what do you do when your coworkers don't want to play, <laughs> or they want to play a very different game? I don't know. I just have to kind of get to know them because in reality, who doesn't want to play? Oh, that's so great. Right? Like we all want to play. Exactly. And what a great attitude. It's just recognizing there's something keeping them from playing because everybody wants to play. Right. Maybe they're afraid they're going to lose. Well, then if you say it's a game that no one, you know, there's no winners or losers. Have you read The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek? Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah, it's it's very consistent with your was very consistent with what you're saying that ultimately we are we all we are all just playing here in this life and why not be open to possibilities and and it's a win win game too. 
it's that's why that's the that's the infinite game is that there's abundance that we all we all have an opportunity to grow through the process if we approach it that way. Well, we both talked about the growth mindset and the mindset of abundance, right? They all kind of go together. So what do you do to keep yourself in a playful mode? I, I suspect you've got some rhythms or some things you do to keep yourself grounded. Yeah, you know, I always start my day. My my coffee is yoga. And because it's a practice that is also integrative, it's, you know, body and mind and spirit, right? Like it's that kind of practice and do a little meditation in the beginning of the day. So it grounds me and gets me started right. I try to keep a very balanced day in terms of, you know, it's usually very intense, of course, with lots of meetings and, you know, brain and people and all of that. So I want to make sure I also do something physical at the end of the day and unwind. And then the other thing that uh, is is becoming very conscious for me is nourishment, you know, kind of what you put in your body and what you create in your environment to healthy. Yeah. Just being, it sounds like being really intentional about those things. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I'm so glad that you show up ready to play every day. And I'm so glad you played with me today. Oh, this is so good. You are so uplifting, such a dynamo. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. Assembly with you. I think the right energies find each other. Mm-hmm. Isn't that fun? Well, I'm taken away. I mean, the, the big thing for me, it's all connected. You know, the integration of head and heart definitely leads leads to play and just approaching your role with playfulness and discovery. You've given us some really good ways to think about that, starting with curiosity, allow yourself to create and discover, go beyond what was initially defined. I mean, that frees us up to imagine the possibilities and remembering that Ultimately, everyone wants to play. So getting to know people so that they can play with you. Yes. Well, you gave me the content. So thank you, my friend. Estrella, if our listeners want to connect with you, what's the best place to do that? I think the best place would be LinkedIn. It's where you can easily find me and ping me. Uh, And it is Estrella Parker. Estrella Parker, Cupertino Electric. You're doing good things. Congrats on your success and your playfulness. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a being at work story.